1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to
2: make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at it PG 13.
3: It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host, Neil Pickup, and it is on. How are you doing everyone and welcome to the show. This is the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup and what a show we have lined up tonight. In the aftermath of WL501 we will speak to some of the stars of what was an awesome night of arm wrestling in Pittsburgh. Three incredible wars on the 501 card. A very interesting main event between Todd Zilla, Todd Hutchins and No Limits, Devin Larratt. Delivered, but not necessarily in the way that everyone was expecting, the highly anticipated middleweight title defence saw Rob Vigent Jr. try to retain the hammer as his reign as the middleweight champion came under arguably its most serious threat to date in the form of the Fury, Craig Touye. This was a match that delivered tenfold on the promise and turned into an absolute barnstormer, which eventually saw Rob Vigent Jr. retain the middleweight crown in what I'm sure will be an extremely satisfying victory. In tonight's show, we'll catch up with RVJ as he has the chance now to bask in the glory of an outstanding win. Perhaps the most surprising match on the entire card, and arguably the very best match on the 501 card was the battle, and I mean battle, between Canada's Nancy Locke, a former world champion returning after a 20-plus year layoff from the sport of arm wrestling. Nancy Woodlock and Lode against Victoria Carlson of Sweden. Carlson, the latest in a long line of exceptional Swedish arm wrestlers, was returning to the World Arm Wrestling League following a loss in her first appearance to Michelle Dugan, and this time she wanted to make sure that the plane ride home was with a smile on her face. Victoria was victorious. And in today's show, we'll catch up with Vicky to get her first-hand insight and feedback after a tremendous battle in her return to the World Arm Wrestling League. So without any further ado, let's get straight into the mix with our first guest of the show. This man has many weapons in his arsenal of techniques. He showed them all. Some popular, some less so. Welcome to the show, the winner... Of the heavyweight clash in Pittsburgh, 501, no limits. Devon Larratt. Kevin, dude, that looked like a fr- that was a brutal match. It was a brutal <laughs> match. First pin, mate. First hit. It looked like he scared the living crap out of you.
0: Well, I, I wouldn't say that totally. Um, he's got a ton of strength. And, uh, yeah, once he gets tied to you, he's, he's got a lot of strength where he can kind of control the, the arm shoulder angle at a, mm-hmm. at a compromise to his hand against me. When, you know, once I started to size him up, like once I actually started to look at him – even though he was definitely like looking really strong, even for him, I, I kind of started to realize that there was going to be, I I didn't think that there was a chance that he was going to beat me once I actually saw him in person. Um, You know, when I, when I touched his hand, when I kind of felt him out, I knew he was going to be really, really strong in that angle. And I kind of decided that in the first round, I was gonna play the card of just cracking his wrist. That was gonna be my only goal, at, at a compromise to everything, and, and that's where
3: it ended up, you know. And uh, did you I, did you screw up your angle on the hit? Because it looked to me like your your angle was slightly off, mate. It looked like you bumped a little a little to the side, and he bone lined you. It looked like you I, got off your bone line.
0: I definitely played it conservative. I didn't want to engage my bone in in round one. I, I kind of mm. really wanted to get a gauge for how much it was going to take for me to get his wrist to bend back and, uh, you know, how strong he was going to come through it. I didn't want to go bang in there round one with him. I, I figured the best strategy was to first make sure I could get his, his wrist bent back. And then from there, I would kind of chip them away bit by bit. I, I honest assessment going into the match is I thought that my ACE move was going to be top roll with shoulder commitment following with a press quickly. And I think that that's where I eventually got to, but mm. yeah, I mean, round one,
3: he, he is what I thought he was going to be. Um, yeah. That's what I, w- I was going to say, actually. Did you, I mean, you know, we, we, we spoke about this and everybody, said about this beforehand, they said, look, you know, John notes it has gone on record many times as saying, look, until you pull Todd, you don't really get a feel for the the kind of just grunt he's got. That's that's just horsepower yeah. sideways and in a yeah. weird angle. Um, that, is yeah. it what you thought or was it something different? Do you, do you, did you come away or what really did you learn that you didn't know before?
0: Well, yeah, and and that's it. He does have that groove where he is tremendously
3: strong. Let's break it down like this. Did you expect or did you get from that match what you thought you were going to get? If we look at round one, obviously the man got you squeaking a little bit. After round one, you initiated and you ended up in a hook. Got to say, you bounced off him. You went to bump him a couple of times and didn't go anywhere was that everything or was there a little bit of bolt in there, a little bit of show? No, I, I'll tell
0: you even around. Okay. So round one, it, it kind of went as expected for me. I, I felt, I, I thought I actually might've been pinned. Um, but Interesting. I, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know,
3: I think Bob the, the, Brown's I, actually got t-shirts with, with that picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Please. I know.
3: You can and, probably get one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I should. I should. Uh, you know, but anyways, I was allowed to continue, and I feel like that <laughs> round, like round one, effectively ended the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like in round one, I felt spots that I knew, you know, with quite a lot of certainty, that there was really no way he was going to be able to beat me anymore.
3: Did you uh, figure you'd end up in the king's
0: move? Was that a plan? I I knew that that was definitely part of what was going to happen. Um, I didn't want to use my joints early. I didn't want to do it. Um, I want to save them. Uh, when I enter a lot of matches, I'm going to save my joints until I'm kind of against the wall. Uh, you know, if I can use muscle for the first couple of rounds, kind of like a jab and then, uh, you know, throw it all on the line when I need to, if I'm up against the wall, then I'll, then I'll come forward with my shoulder. But, uh yeah, after round one, in round two, I went into, like, a conventional hook with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started to overpower me. I Yes, could-
3: it looked like, I mean, that's, uh, I'm going to say, that's a very, very honest, very, very honest reflection. It actually looked like, in the inside, he was a stronger man from where it, I was standing. Yeah. What I wasn't sure of, mate, was whether you were playing a bit where you were taking any gears off because you seemed you committed hard very early in the in the match and then you seemed to sit off with your shoulder. I watched the match a couple of times and it seemed like you just, I don't know, you, you, you relaxed a little bit and you can't relax with that man. I mean, Todd, you can't take your hat off far enough in terms of the horsepower he's got. You said it earlier, you went into his groove in that second round. You went to where his his spot would be. And it's fair to say that you could definitely contest the match there. You were in no way outgunned, but I would have to say that when you bumped him hard, he wasn't outgunned either, not at all. And and for you to say he felt like he was overpowering me, um, do you think that's a leverage thing or a or a strength thing?
0: So when we when we dipped into the hook at the beginning of round two, um. I kind of acquired the position that I wanted to mm. and and yeah, then, then I sat on it because it was one of my goals to really kind of test his hook, feel his hook. Um, my hook is actually these days much better when I just keep on committing my shoulder more and more. Mm. Uh, I didn't do that. I wanted to hold him in a neutral hook. Uh, as soon as he started to make it so my shoulder was coming away, mm. That's when I was like, okay, I can double down and come forward and really, like, lay it all out on the line, or Mm. I can go to the, you know, I can take the conservative uh, approach and go to where I know I'm safe. So,
3: And I guarantee you that's what I'd have done. I mean, not being funny. All this, you know, I said beforehand, I know Alison Hutchins was publishing what I'd said about, you know, meeting this guy head on, all that sort of, you know, come and face him in the hook. I mean, no, no, not, not at all. I mean, I would not want to get involved with that anywhere. I would have been run, run, run. In fact, I'd I had sports shoes on and I left the car running, there's yeah. no way that I would be engaging head on with him. Absolutely not. Particularly when you've got the the options you've got. You know I, know, I know you weren't taking him lightly, but did you sort of just ease into it thinking that his wrist and his arm, you'd stop him earlier?
0: No, no. Uh the way i look around i mean when when i think about super matches mm-hmm. i very much think about the entire piece and yep. i i didn't well i give todd a lot of credit he's a he's a great he's really a fantastic arm wrestler and the way i view round one a lot is it's so much about energy expenditure yep. uh and what muscles get burned uh, you know, what you can take away from an athlete versus what they take away from you. Yes. And I'm, I'm really quite comfortable with my arm going down. Uh, to me, it's, it's not really a super high value piece. Like if you just mm-hmm. straight open my bicep, uh, I, I don't feel that that uh, does me any real particular damage. Yep. Whereas if I can fatigue somebody's hand or wrist at all and I can get their hand to bend back even a yep. bit and I can get that really measured, mm-hmm. then uh, to me, that's that's a very valuable piece to establish.
3: Yes, it is, particularly in a super match. I couldn't agree more.
0: Right. So, I mean, while it might not look like a winning opening, it's a very calculated strategy so that I can really get an exact feel on exactly what's going on in my opponent's hand.
3: Okay. Devin, just wrapping up, mate. Thank you so much for um, sharing your thoughts post the match. Congratulations on a phenomenal start to your new season, mate. We wish you all the very best, and I know you'll be on here again soon. Uh, Take it easy, mate. Thanks, Neil. Okay, guys, we're just going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just a few. Hey, guys, welcome back to the World Arm Wrestling League this week. Let's crack on with the show. My next guest on today's show was an absolute standout in a star match of the Pittsburgh 501 event. She hails from the great female arm wrestling nation of Sweden. Welcome, Victoria Bicky Carlson. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to welcome to the show Victorious at 501 in Pittsburgh. It's Victoria Carlson. How are you doing, Victoria? (laughs) Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm fine. Uh, it's really nice to be home. Uh,
3: and have you managed to get back near an arm wrestling table yet? Or is there any uh, aches and pains from what we'd all agree was an absolute battle?
1: Uh, I have some pain in my, in my arm. I had that before I went as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but uh, it's not so... Uh, I just need some rest. So I'll be back soon.
3: Now, I think a lot of people have spoken to me about your match, and I'm sure they've spoken to you about your match since Pittsburgh. And um, many people are, believe that it was the best match on the card. And, and that's on a card that was filled with some great matches. Rob Vigent Jr., Tullier was a great match. Hutchins, Devon Larratt was a great match. But I think it's fair to say that yourself and Nancy Locke, may have been the most entertaining and hard-fought battle of the night. Was it what you expected, Victoria? Did you know a great deal about Nancy uh, going into the match? Uh,
1: I didn't know so much about Nancy. Uh, I've seen a few matches with her, and I saw she was uh, doing hook a lot of the Mm -hmm. time uh, and side pressure. Mm So I was prepared that she was going to go hook uh, I was trying to train i was trying to train some top roll before I yep. went because mm-hmm. uh, nope. I can hook in my right arm, but I am better with my left <laughs> right, yeah uh, I always do top if i can
3: but it seems like you're the kind of uh arm wrestler that pretty much can pull in all positions we've seen you in matches in a top roll we've seen you in matches in the hook we've seen you in matches with your wrist broken back um and still continue to pull so it's fair to say that you've uh, you've got a lot of versatility you can arm wrestle in pretty much any position
1: yeah yeah i can do that uh, but i'm more comfortable with top roll in my in my right, right. i can say mm-hmm. that but uh, but i can do hooks As you say, as you saw at the match, I can do a hook.
3: Just one question there. Were you, at the start of the match, obviously in the first match or the first start in round one, uh, Nancy got a great start. She was really, really quick out of the gates. At that time, were you trying to top roll? Were you looking for the top roll and she just happened to slam you into the hook or knock you sideways? Was Was that a shock, how fast she was?
1: No, I I that she's fast, and I know I'm not. So, I I always I I know I can catch catch up when I ask when I meet people. So I can catch them. I know that uh, I just have to be prepared that they are fast. You now, know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I, I I I've seen a lot of Nancy's matches in the past, and she seems like the type of lady. That ordinarily finishes matches really quick, and I think that's probably the longest or most drawn-out battle that we've seen Nancy in for a long time. W- were you expecting that? Were you? Did you think that she would have that much endurance when the matches went into a deep hook?
1: No, I no, I didn't expect that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't didn't expect that at all. But uh, I know we were going to have some matches because I don't under- underestimate someone I just I think they I heard a lot of people say to me, "You can take Nancy you can take a wrist or something like that yeah. uh, uh, so but I didn't listen so much I just uh, went in myself and thought this is I don't care who it is I'm going mm-hmm. to meet this can be Fia it can be Malin. it can be uh, I don't I don't care I'm going to do my best and that's the that's, that's what I always think when I meet people I don't know.
3: Sure. Did you feel like on this occasion, because this was your second uh, match in the World Armour Wrestling League, your first match didn't work out uh, too well for you, did you feel any pressure, additional pressure, going into this for the second time? Or were the nerves a little easier because you were more familiar with the background, the setup and the, the whole uh, nature and feel of the event?
1: Uh, I I felt more calm uh, than last time, uh, mm-hmm. but of course I, I, I have talked about the last time really much because I was so disappointed and yeah. uh, I, I knew I wanted to do better this time. I wanted to do some matches because I want to go to this event again and I thought if I was really bad this time, I, I maybe... Uh, couldn't go again so mm-hmm. but I it I I felt really calm about I didn't care about the people and I didn't care about the cameras at all I just I just did what I used to do when I compete so yeah it felt felt more great this time.
3: Was there a point in the match Victoria where you Knew that you were going to win. Um, did you sort of at some point feel, yeah, I'm the stronger girl here. I've got more endurance here, and I'm going to go on to win this match, or was it sort of balls to the wall right to the to the to the end of the match? Uh,
1: the third match, I felt uh, after the third match, I felt that I, I am stronger. I, now I need only one more, one more. Mm-hmm. So, and after the first match, I felt I was stronger, but i did feel the pain in my arm, uh, in where I had the injury. So I think when I went up on the second match, I thought about my pain yep. a little too much, mm-hmm. and then the start went and and uh, I was down. So I haven't, I didn't have the focus in the second match. Uh, then the adrenaline kicked in, so I didn't feel the pain anymore, and <laughs> I. I could do my best again. Uh, So, after the third match, I thought that this is my match. I am stronger than her.
3: Well, you certainly delivered on the night, and it was great to see you get a win in the World Arm Wrestling League. I know, um, on behalf of everybody in the promotion and everybody watching, uh, we really can't wait to see you arm wrestle again. Hopefully, uh, the injury does heal up, and we get to see you soon in action, maybe against Tatiana Faria. Or who knows? Maybe another opponent. But Victoria, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and for joining us. Heal up, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. My next guest on today's show is riding a wave of confidence and success. He is still the middleweight champion of the world, Rob Vigent Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the middleweight champion of the world, Rob Vigent Jr. on the line. Rob, mission accomplished, mate.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. It was, uh, it was a hell of a run and uh, uh, an incredible event. So I'm glad that I could repeat and hold on to the title.
3: Now, we spoke at length, Rob, before the match, both to yourself and to Craig. And I'm sure people who've heard the, uh, the podcast from week two will be up to speed with some of the comments there. Just a sort of a, a, a look back on expectation. Did this deliver as expected? Was Craig everything you expected and more? Or was it um, easier than you thought?
2: Uh, there's two sides of that coin. What I thought I was going to be able to do to go into that match to win it uh, using my leverage, using my hand strength, um, I wasn't able to do it. So it made for a more difficult match in some ways than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the coin, many people, the majority didn't think my arm was up to snuff with his, especially if he got the start. And uh, I proved that wrong. So the end result is I won. It just, uh, it kind of fell into the place I was a little nervous of, but I came out uh, surprising myself. And sometimes when you can surprise yourself, it's a beautiful thing.
3: Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you straight off the bat, mate, we spoke... uh... Last time we were talking quite a bit about the mental and the physical, and you said, you know, half an hour, an hour prior to the match, I'll probably be absolutely panicking. How did that go? Did that play itself out, or were you uh, pretty confident? Because on the footage that you could see, sort of live feed, there didn't seem to be any any nerves.
2: Yeah, I think I handled this one pretty good because it's almost like when you know you're in a situation, you're in it. Um, working yourself into a hole is something I've done for years, so I think I'm coming out of the. Uh, the back end of that that it it, I get the the butterflies but not debilitating like it was and part of my confidence is preparedness when I walk in at least I have a comfort within my body and being prepared I'm not second guessing myself so once I get to a table I can kind of let that take hold as opposed to my nerves which way am I going what am I doing you know what I mean so it, it it's getting better with each time
3: I come out Now, if we break down the facts and the stats around the match itself, uh, Craig was in a good place coming into this match. He was extremely confident. Um, He turned up in Pittsburgh heavier than he's ever been and proclaiming that he was as strong as he's ever been. I mean, there was no sort of excuses on Craig's part. He was the warrior and the gentleman as always. Um, So you must feel that's a pretty good way to start your season and also to defend the title against a guy who's been a Pokemon for you in the past in impressive fashion
2: yeah absolutely uh he's the guy that in all of maybe all of arm wrestling that I worry about the most because even somebody that's equally as strong or maybe a little stronger might not be as explosive and uh manipulative in the setup where they can allow me to use more of my tools. I feel mm-hmm. like I was really isolated to a lot of that match to a, a bicep and a wrist. And I was basically table curling through that match. Someone a little bit even stronger might allow me to get engage my hand and my rotation and some of my other tools. So he, for me, scared me more than anyone else on the horizon.
3: I mean, one thing we'll say, or you can easily say from looking back at the match, is it seemed like the setups were... A pivotal point. They're always very critical in a match, but this time it seemed like you managed to hold your own in what was without doubt a tricky situation. There was a lot of talk at the table. Both of you weren't happy, it seemed, with what you were getting from Bart. Um, And in the past, I've seen you sometimes relinquish position a little bit. It didn't seem like you were uh, willing to do that at all this time. You were asking for him to be straightened off and you seemed to get there.
2: Uh, I I do think that people tried. I think Bart tries to do the best he can in a high pressure situation. I do think now that after pulling him at two different occasions, that maybe Craig has a way of physically lining himself and playing the ref game and playing the victim a little bit and playing the shorter arm a little bit where he just ends up there. I mean, Mm -hmm. even if I uh, complained, it seems like he just ends up getting what he needs and it could be part of my inexperience on that end of it. I, I'm not really polished in the you know, the cheat the angles, kind of take everything. I'm more of a close my hand and go. But at that level, the little uh, fractions of an inch make a difference. And Craig showed me that there is a, a room for improvement on my end on being a little bit more aware of that.
3: Now, one thing you got to say for Craig, he performed his game plan or executed his game plan pretty well. I mean, he got the hit on most occasions uh, there was a little bit of controversy i think from your side on the pin that he was uh, that he took or was given uh, you were questioning that right up to the the, the last call uh, you've got to take your hat off in some respects he does for a man with a smaller frame a smaller hand he does manage to find his way to where he wants to be on the table very very effectively
2: yeah absolutely he was he was uh, incredibly explosive getting where he wanted i think the pads really favored His style of pulling, once he gets coiled in, he's got a shorter Mm -hmm. arm He gets coiled, and he's got a huge, thick back and a thick chest. So when he wants to row and drive, it's a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, The controversy on that pin, it even shows in the video, when I was holding him there at the bottom end, I heard Jen next to me say, you know, foul, and I saw her stick her hand out. And it's even caught on video that she sticks her hand out and throws it up for a foul on Craig. So yeah. when he secured the pin, Bart called it. I said, hey, you know, Jen called that. If for whatever reason, when they went back and reviewed the tape, they, they overruled it. So I had a headache. I wasn't happy with that. But I could either have, you know, uh, gone down a downward spiral or worried about the next match and gone from yep. fight over one match. He had to beat me three times.
3: Did that, in, in, in some respects, do you a favor? Did it sort of give you a wake-up call and to reignite something? It seemed like your fire came back on big No, time at not that at point. that
2: point. At that point, I was walking on uh, thin, cracking ice. I was, mm-hmm. I was almost at the point of a uh, little bit of defeat because he felt like he was getting everything he needed. I felt like I couldn't do much to stop it, and it just felt like a big uphill battle. And when they gave him the pin when I was really in a survival mode trying to still feel what I was going to do with this guy and he got the yep. pin, it felt like it was going in a real bad direction for me. So I almost got into that real negative space. It wasn't It wasn't then that I came through. I think it was when I popped his hand and uh, froze him up and beat him where I needed to that I started getting momentum.
3: Do you feel that there was a turning point in the match for you and for Craig? Was there a point where Craig you feel lost a little bit of motivation or, or a bit of self-belief because he is a guy with a tremendous amount of self-belief. There's no doubt about that.
2: I think when it's not Craig, it's any arm wrestler, it's anybody. Um, when they get everything they want and they get you where an inch from the pad mm-hmm. with the start they want, with the grip they want, and you're able to pull up through that and, and, and beat them from there. I think that's very discouraging. I mean, he had everyone telling him he had the stronger arm. You know, that was pretty much what I was hearing from everybody. I had the hand, he had the arm. And when I caught him uh, about an inch from the pad and was able to coil him up, and as soon as I got that center table where we both had our shoulders in there and I could kind of drive with him and he couldn't really move me off center, I knew I had it. And I I could see he
3: knew he was in trouble at that point. We spoke about the... Improvements, and you told me about the things you've been doing in training, diligently working those holes in your game, those weaknesses. How much, in honesty, do you believe that they paid off for you in this match? Do Do you think it was down to the the tweaks and the gains you've made in in your game, or was it the mental approach this time? What What won the match for you, mate?
2: I think it was both. I think, like I said, being prepared. I'm very confident with the way I train and how aggressively I train. That if I stop the match. My endurance will shock most people if I ever have to get in there in a long grind and I can rebound in between matches quick because I train that way. I train with minimal rest and I knew my arm was strong I knew it was going to take an immense amount of pressure if I get coiled in there to beat me. And, you know, that last inch, sometimes it feels close, but it's really far away to, to get that last inch of pin. And uh, it, it basically felt like the way I train with some of the guys I train with when I kind of bring them to the center table and coil It's all that's what training is, though. You're training your body for when you're in that circumstance. It's familiar. It's not unfamiliar ground. Your your body's already trained on how to move and how to react. So when the match was stopped and I got out of that danger zone, that really low spot with my hand, I was comfortable. I was I was coasting. I mean, he he had incredible strong drags and hits, but it wasn't uh, as nervy for me as say the starts. Once the match was stopped, I was in a much better place.
3: Now, obviously, you were questioned by Jason at the end of the match there um, if there's anyone you'd like to face within the World Armour Wrestling League, and you, you gave the answer that probably most people expected. You're not really concerned about exactly who. Sort of a different spin on that, mate. Who do you think emerges as the number one contender at this point in time? We obviously saw an impressive performance from Storm Chilino. Uh However, you've already faced Storm in, in the not-too-distant past and uh, and did very well against him. Do you think that a match between Storm and Craig would be in anybody's specific favor? Have you got any sort of, uh, having faced both men, who do you see as the stronger or more dangerous of the two?
2: Uh, very, very tough to say because uh, they're, they're very contrasting pullers. Mm-hmm. If Craig was able to manipulate fractionally what he was able to get for the setups, if he was able to play the game as well, I don't know how good Storm is at recognizing or negating that, but he definitely had far, far, far more horsepower inside, and I could see him ending those matches very quick. On the flip side, different day, different, you know, refs might not be as pressed for time to get things going, maybe a little more complaining. Maybe they'll get a little straighter and Storm can pop the hand and it's a long day for Craig. Um, All I really felt from Craig was arm battles, and arm to arm, he's going to, probably burn through everyone else in the league
3: is there anybody out there that that um you would like to face any other demons you want to put to bed the obvious one being todzilla um obviously he had a bad day out there against uh, devon but um is that something you look for are you actively seeking that out are you just going to take it as it comes
2: i'm taking it as it comes i'm I'm always up for uh, putting myself in a position where I can prove myself and, and do what I know I can. If Todd's considered a, a top guy from that class. And as long as he's roaming, uh, there's always going to be that talk. And it would be great to have that happen. I'm not going to you know, chase him. And I'm sure he's not in a place where he's going to chase me. Mm-hmm. But um, something like that happening. I think right now where I'm sitting, a little bit egotistical. But there's nobody else that's exciting me. He's the guy that you beat him, you know, nobody doubts you worldwide. Instant is Highlander. You take all his success, all his wins, and you at least put yourself in that caliber.
3: Do you find it easier to train going forward now after that first defense? Does that take the pressure off? Or does it increase the pressure a little bit in that... um... People have spoken in the past about being less motivated when the champion, it's always easier to be the hunter than the hunted. Is that how you see these things or are you just very keen to, to, to get the, I mean, you talked about planting the Oak. Um, Where's your motivation come from, mate, going forward?
2: It used to be, I used to be in a really weird space where uh, uh, negativity really motivated me. People telling me I can't, people telling me you can't, but now it's uh, part of my whole mental growth, uh, being up top here and staying up top is motivating enough and I don't have a problem staying motivated because I know now that people will have nothing more than to throw the boots to you or make you a fluke or a thing of the past and everybody wants that spot and I think the, the legend lies in holding on to it for an extended amount of time. Getting there is an incredible feat but holding it for a long period of time is something that uh, that's, that's where you write your own story and legacy.
3: Rob we want to thank you for joining us mate um, we've certainly looked forward and I personally look forward to seeing you do that and we know you're going to pop up a number of times through this season all the very best and thanks for joining us on the show mate
2: Thanks nice talking to you, Neil thank you very much
3: ladies and gentlemen thank you once again for tuning in to episode 3 of the World Arm Wrestling League this week with me Neil Pickup make sure you join us again here same time next week for more updates on what's new from the World Arm Wrestling League